right now is the most potent time to do any form of inner work. When I say inner work, I mean like energy work and mindfulness and meditation and reflection and journaling, reading, like all these kind of beautiful introspective uh, ways that help us to connect more with ourselves and nature. You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey everyone, it is Kat and Stefania. You are listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. And we are recording today from San Francisco, California, where I am, and Sydney, Australia, where Kat is. We're excited to welcome Veepka back to the podcast. She was on our podcast as one of our first guests on episode seven, which you should definitely check out. She shares such incredible information about her story. And she is a healer that I personally work with from an energy healing perspective. And she is incredible. And we welcomed her back today for a conversation around what's going on right now and how we can shift our energy while we're dealing with this situation. Before we get into the conversation with Veepka, we have the first of special installment on This Life Explains It All that we're going to be bringing to you at the beginning of every month. So recently we had my astrologer and medium, Cassandra Joan Butler, on the podcast. And we heard so many great things from you guys and how you found it really useful and resonant. And so Cassandra is now going to be every month giving us a quick look ahead astrologically and breaking down for your sign specifically, and you can look at your sun sign and rising, what's there to expect in the coming month. So here is the look ahead for the month of May based on your astrological sign created specifically for our podcast by Cassandra Butler. Let's hear what Cassandra has to say. Hello, friends. This is Cassandra Joan Butler, your star reporter for the month of May of 2020. And what a month it will be. We have a lot of changes astrologically. Most of the planets are going to be retrograde, namely Saturn, Venus, Jupiter, Pallas, and Pluto. During a retrograde month, it is time to go and think within reconsider, 
strategize. And also we have the nodal shift this particular month, a big shift that only happens every 19 years. We come from a place of fear and we go to a place of strategic planning. Use the Taurus energy to ground yourself, determine what really matters in your life and the promise of long-term financial, but more importantly, spiritual security as you recreate your livelihood and you deal with creative ways to deal and navigate disappointment. For each of the signs now coming up, let's start with Aries. This is your time to focus on money. The goal is to balance your values with income. The full moon week of May 7th will give you guidance on a financial front. So practice the art of patience as the month ends. Make a point to speak your piece. Use communication, writing, even computer skills with more competency. Happy birthday, Taurus. The first part of the month of May is your time to dig deep within yourself to strengthen your determination, your focus, and your drive. Late in the month is about your finances. Consider turning a hobby into an income stream. For Gemini, early May is your time for rest, relaxation, and reflection. Your intuition is off the charts around the full moon of May 7th. You'll have some terrific inner guidance after a series of guidance that comes through meditation and prayer. At the end of the month for you, Gemini, happy birthday. You are learning how to create more abundance in your life. For Cancer, the month moves forward in your social arena. Even though you might be feeling somewhat depressed about the social isolation, you'll find a way out of this around the full moon of May 7th. You'll be able to nurture friendships in a new way. As the month comes to a close, you'll be feeling a lot more reflective. For the friends who are Leo, May is your career time of the year. This year is no different. The full moon of May 7th gives you guidance about ways to become a greater leader in your career or to reinvent yourself. Late May is the time that has to do with you reflecting and moving within and becoming a little bit more introspective. For Virgo, the focus of May is on expansion. May is your time to basically explore new dimensions of yourself, to consider perhaps teaching something new as a result of all of your learning. Late May is your time to reconsider what you want to do for work. Early May for our Libra friends is about long-term financial security. This is a financial reset for all, so don't be too discouraged. Late May for the Libras is a time to basically get a better control of your schedule, to learn and market and organize better. May for Scorpios is the relationship time of the year. It's a self-revelation comes your way around the full moon. At the end of the month, you Tap into your psychological and spiritual strengths. Sagittarius, as May begins, you are inspired to improve your health. The full moon of May 7th is an excellent time for you to construct a better diet or exercise plan. Late May is your time to consider who 
are your partners and to become closer with your significant others. Capricorn, creativity is being accentuated as May unfolds. The energy is about your inner child, about playing more. And despite the outer crisis, you'll have fun around May 7th, around May 20th until the 31st. Exercise, diet, plays a bigger part of your life. Aquarius, May is your time to snuggle in and be at home with your family, so much more so this year. The idea to belong and to have security is accentuated by that full moon of May 7th. Late May is your time to be creative as you navigate the new normal. Pisces, as May begins, you're reframing your schedule and your environment. The full moon gives you a new schedule, most likely. And as the Month comes to a close, spend time at home, spend time in your home to create a new space for yourself and to become closer with your family. Many blessings to you, my friends. Have a wonderful, blessed May. Wow, that was great. Wow, it's so funny. So I'm a Capricorn and right before we started recording and listening to this, I was saying that I wanted to bring more playfulness and lightness and, you know, uninhibited laughter energy into my life. And it's amazing that that's what she said for Capricorn was exactly that. So I'm excited for May 7th and the other dates that she gave, but sounds like a lot of cool stuff will be happening or a lot of interesting stuff around the full moon on May 7th. Yeah. I resonated with mine as well. I feel like I've been wanting to get more into- You're a Scorpio. Yeah, my, I'm a Scorpio. So I've been wanting to get more into, I meditate every day, but a little bit more into my subconscious mind as a spiritual practice. Well, thank you, Cassandra. And let us know what you guys think, because that is something that we're planning to bring you at the top of every month to help guide you through the month. Yeah. So let's get into our conversation with Vivka. Vivka is a psychologist and an intuitive healer. She works with Reiki healing and yogic healing, and she's been doing this work for over a decade. And I can attest to how incredible her energy is and her work. I do Reiki sessions with her. I was doing them in person. And when I walk out of that room, my energy is completely shifted. I feel so calm. She's incredible. She offers distance sessions as well. And I highly recommend checking her out. You can do it from anywhere. I love this conversation because I feel like her energy really comes across. And that's something that I felt from her last time as well. She has a very wise and grounded perspective in the way that she looks at the world and everything. And she gives a lot of really useful tools in the conversation as well. Things that people can do to more deeply connect things that we can do to more deeply connect to ourselves and be more grounded. She talks about how we can give ourselves a bit of Reiki as well. So if you can't get in for a session or even do a a distant session, there are some small uh, Reiki techniques you can do on yourself Mm. that she talks about and some other really, really great practices for shifting your energy, getting into a better state, but really just hearing her perspective on everything helped to shift my perspective as well. So you guys are going to love this episode. Listen in for all of the different tools and healing techniques that you can do on yourself and the ways that you can shift your energy and shift your perspective. Oh yeah. All right. Let's get into it. 
thank you for coming back on the podcast for round two. We had so much positive feedback on your last episode. Everyone Mm -hmm. loved the information that you shared and your story. But we wanted to have you back to talk specifically about what's going on right now, some of the things that you're doing from energetic perspective and just keeping your vibes high um, and what other people who might be struggling can do to help during this time because it's Mm -hmm. very unprecedented and something that I don't think anyone could have anticipated. So we'd love to start out by just some of the things that you've been doing for yourself to just take care of yourself during this time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess my personal mantra has been in particular in the beginning when this all started, uh, has been trust and surrender. Mm. Energetically, if you kind of really tap into the energy that is sitting behind the words or the meaning that is sitting behind the words of trust and surrender, it really kind of helps to just create a little bit more space and to really ground back and find connection with trust and surrender. Mm -hmm. And it just helped me a lot to let go of that collective fear, what I could fear a lot around me. So I think particular people who are like empaths and have the ability to kind of sense what's going on with themselves and also with others, so like a bit more sensitive, they Mm -hmm. would have been hit quite hard in the beginning of this whole coronavirus situation. Also because here in Australia, we could kind of watch what's going on. It was almost like a time lapse, right? So we could already watch what's going on in Europe and Germany, Uh, spoke to all our relatives over there, and it was just like this fear that was shared. Yeah. And so, yeah, my go to medicine really was the mantra trust and surrender. Nature in particular, always spending time out somewhere near the ocean, spending time to walk barefoot on the grass and to learn how to let go and drain through some of that energy that wasn't mine. And really also learning how not to carry what is not mine. Yeah. That is really important as well because we tend to pick things up that are around us and the ability to learn how to drain that back out of your body, particularly at the end of the day, is a very important tool that can help everyone to kind of find a little bit more peace and ease on the inside. So that, Mm -hmm. that I guess these were my kind of my go-to tools. And then of course, things like meditation and yoga and mindfulness and shaking things off. I've Mm -hmm. been uh, talking about this a lot. Um, You'll find a few things there on social media as well, like the shaking the she. For example, if you look at dogs, you know how when they, when they start to feel very fearful, they start to shake. So it's quite fascinating. So they're literally... They're letting Mm -hmm. go of, it's their physiology, letting go of the emotion of fear. But we don't do that, right? So normally we just feel fear and we kind of, we try to distract ourselves. Our body doesn't really do the physical work by itself in order for us to let go. So like shaking things off, shaking the cheese, so they're different. You can just Google a few things or you can go onto our website, you'll find a few things there. That can be also really powerful to release a little bit of that energy that might kind of compresses us a bit or that energy that sits around the heart, that fear or anxiety that uh, some people might feel. 
It's so interesting what you said that people who consider themselves an empath would had a hard time at the beginning because that was totally me. I actually had like a really hard time at the very beginning of all of this. And I just was feeling really sad and kind of like almost even dark. And over time, it's shifted. And I actually feel now that I want to have this alone time and relish in it. And actually, it's funny because even my mom was like, he, she's been like, why aren't you calling me? Are you okay? And I'm like, I really just like want to have alone and quiet time. I'm like really liking it. And this weird transition happened where I was feeling all the things that like you mentioned that an empath might feel taking in all this stuff that's going on to then just like feeling like, okay, I want to be alone and I'm enjoying this and I'm enjoying the connection that I can find from it. Mm. What do you think is going on there? Like, is that a process that makes sense to you? It does make very much sense to me because in the beginning, we most of us would have been more in a very reactive state. Mm. And, you know, particularly if you would have needed to close your business or, you know, you lost your work or you kind of like, it's like this fight or flight mode. And so now where things have eased off a little bit and we also, we adapted to it. Yeah. So that's, I think that is one of our greatest human strengths we have is that we can adapt to different environments very, very quickly. And now perhaps it can be seen more as a second stage where it can be really seen as a um, state of reflection. Yeah. So Mm. really kind of taking time to uh, reflect on what has happening or what's been happening. And there's so much change, so much change and really taking the time to take that in and and almost like a little bit of grieving work in a way. So it's almost like you're kind of saying goodbye to how things have been or to how the world has been. And now there's something new. Yeah. So it just, if you look at it energetically, uh, because things are a little bit calmer now and we have had time to adapt to it. And in some countries, things slowly start to to loosen again. So it's, again, that that energy. So we, we feel that, we sense that, and that allows us to drop in as well in a way that is a bit more easeful. Yeah, I love that because it feels like that you know, reminding us of our adaptability as humans can be applied to everything, not just what's happening right now, but that if we can be reminded of that adaptability, we'll know and we can share with ourselves, like, we'll always be okay. Like, you will be okay. You'll transform as you need to for whatever is going on. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And once we take the time for reflection of what's happening and, and all the change, and there's also on the flip side, 100% when we are going to look back at this, we'll see that there was so much room for soul growth. Yeah. So, so much room for soul growth. And this is what I think is so beautiful that for us and for those who have taken time to sit a little bit in wisdom and reflection. Yeah. I think it's going to be quite transformational. Yeah. I can feel it already. Just adapting Mm. to this and feeling the growth of everyone around Mm. me. And how do we know that we're picking up energy from the collective? That's a very good question. So usually when we pick up energy from the collective, it's almost like something that is there like all the time or most of the time. Yeah. So it's, Mm. it's almost like a sense of where you feel like 
you can't shake it off. Yeah. So it's something like always there in at the back behind you somewhere. And through inner work, and again, inner work right now is so, so, so important. Right now is the most potent time to do any form of inner work. When I say inner work, I mean like energy work and mindfulness and meditation and reflection and journaling, reading, like all these kind of beautiful introspective uh, ways that help us to connect more with ourselves and nature. And it's really kind of establishing that ability to being able to differentiate what is mine and what is not mine. So for example, if you step into a room, the ability of being really, really mindful of how are my energy levels? How am I feeling right now? But then also, what are the energy levels of the room I'm in, for example? Yeah. So this is in particular, I've been working quite a bit with uh, nurses here in Australia and, and they, as so I've, I've done phone distance healing sessions with them and they obviously were affected hugely by this because they didn't only take on the collective fear from all around the world, but also because their day-to-day environment was, you know, really um, full of that, you know, anxiety and fear from patients who came in. Mm. And also from the whole preparing work for the worst case scenario. So they were really confronted with this and they, they really struggled to kind of sense like, what is mine? What is not mine? You know, I feel just in panic, like, you know, 24 seven really. And, and there it's really about like, really what's the strategy? What's the wisdom? What's the basic understanding of energetics and really being really mindful and learning to be mindful of their own energy levels and the environment itself. Yeah. So it's kind of like, almost like a technique you'd learn or you'd need to learn through mm-hmm. in our work and the other thing that is really helpful as well in order to differentiate that or in order not to pick up the collective energy is being very crystal clear on what your role is yeah so that's as being a nurse or your role in this world or your role as a daughter or as a whatever you do for work for example and our role is not to carry other people's fear, yeah? Our role is not to solve their anxiety or fear or suffering for them. Our role is very much about uh, holding the space for the fear collectively to release or to soften, for example, or to transform into something else, yeah? So mm-hmm. it's really about learning to hold them, learning to hold space, learning to hold space for fear and being very clear on that. Yeah. So really learning to go into a space and leave the space without carrying anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And these are all ways of, you know, yeah, kind of learning how to not to take collective fear on, how to differentiate what is mine, what is collective, what is other people's fear because we also know from energy work that when people are very upset or very scared they can draw on your energy as well and then it's Mm -hmm. it's again really important not to let that happen yeah so Mm -hmm. instead of tapping into that again just stepping back differentiating your energy levels and their energy levels and then just holding them just Mm -hmm. holding the space being very crystal clear on the role yeah an example is like if you imagine 
you know, you have a broken sink or something and you call the plumber in and the plumber comes in to fix the sink. But then he looks and he sees the window is broken. He's like, oh, I'll just fix the window. And then he sees the chair is broken. He starts to fix the chair. So he fixes all the other things, but that's not his role, right? So his role is to come in to mm -hmm. fix the thing and that's it. And he doesn't need to fix everything else in the house. Yeah? That's, that's not mm -hmm. his role. And that, this is the same for us. Just learning, being crystal clear, And then just learning to hold the space, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love that. And I've been thinking about that a little bit in the context of our masculine energy versus our feminine energy, because mm. I've been getting more mindful lately about embracing my feminine energy more because I can tend to operate more in my masculine. And it feels like because as a collective, we are more in the masculine energy or have been, it's like our minds go to, how can I fix this? Okay. Like what are the one, two, three steps to like get this fixed or done? And now, and what we're in right now, like not only is that not so useful, but it's like not even possible. And so I don't know, that's more of a thought, but I feel like a little bit, this is from what I think, bringing us maybe more into operating in that feminine of like what you're saying, the space holding, the allowing, holding a place for fear versus trying to fix it. Mm. Do you ever think mm. about it in the context of the masculine and feminine? I do sometimes, but I, ha I actually haven't. This is really interesting. You say this now because it's a it's a very interesting idea, and certainly I, I believe that because sometimes the path isn't clear, right? Sometimes we don't know the why or what's going to come, and then I guess the way I would see it is like the way initially to react to it is the feminine being very gentle, yeah? So being kind of inviting a very gentle energy that allows us to be in our hearts and to see everything from a very shared heart space and kind heart space and caring heart space. And then as we move along, we can perhaps step a little bit more into the masculine energy and then start to build really clear, basic building blocks step by step by step, yeah? So mm -hmm. when the path isn't clear, for example, so... I guess that's how I would see it. Yeah. With that. Yeah. I have a question around surrendering to our emotions. And you talked about that a little bit with the collective, but I find that that's something that I've been practicing a lot. Like, okay, I'm anxious right now. I'm just recognizing that that's how I feel and I'm going to let it ride out and it always does. But I find that in that moment, I just want to kind of like what Stefani was saying, go into that fix mode. What can I do right now? How can I change this? Do you have any thoughts on just and practices on how to just surrender to those emotions, know that they'll pass, especially in this time when we are kind of picking up things from everywhere? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the ways, and that's also how I work in my energy healings and distance energy healings is that, so like always allowing to drop into your body first initially. So a good way to do that is just to lie down and just intuitively place your hands somewhere on your body, just where you're feeling it, for example. So, you know, we sometimes feel fear in our stomach, others feel fear in their heart, others feel something around their throat or they, they get a headache or whatever it is, and kind of really tuning in and connecting to that initially. And what is actually going on in my stomach or in my throat or in my heart? What is my picture? So kind of like you're painting yourself a picture on what's going on in your situation right now. So you kind of really 
really evoke that energy and you, you really take part in that and you kind of shine a little bit of light. So I always talk about, you know, fear or, or worry. It's what it is. It's a spot in our being where there is some darkness or dullness. And so in order for us to move through that, we need to shine light and the light is the awareness. Yeah. So we bring, need to bring awareness onto that darker spot in order for the light then to kind of help the darkness to diminish, right? Because what happens to darkness is when we point the light on it, it kind of disappears. And that's really what we do in order for us to move fear or depression or anxiety from our body, we need to be able to actually look at it, to see it, to feel it, to acknowledge it, and then allowing it to move through so it can move out of our body. And one of the ways that helped me in the past and that, that me often help is that I kind of acknowledge that emotional pain is intelligent energy. Yeah, so all emotions are intelligence and they're having an intelligent presence and they kind of help us to, you know, either to protect us, some emotions help us to avoid the loss of connection, some emotions move us towards belonging and so on. So they they kind of really want to protect us from something, from loss. And so the intention behind that emotion is a good intention. Yeah. So really using that then to pay attention to what's been difficult, what's been going on for me, to feel it and then to allow it to be there, maybe even talking to it, talking to your fear, you know, hi, dear fear, why are you there? What's your message towards me? And then you can let it know. Thank you, fear. I appreciate this, but I'm okay for now. Yeah. So like mm -hmm. these are all two, it's, it, it does work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if it's just sometimes to take the edge off, if it's a lot for some people and then moving to a different energetic space of maybe groundedness and dropping into the more solid places in your body, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's always a really good one to drop into the strength of your bones and your pelvis and your skeleton. So you kind of invite that more stable stability, the energy to come in to mm -hmm. help you to move that fear through. Yeah, that's so interesting. And the body piece. I noticed that I clench my stomach when I'm really stressed out and I don't, I now realize that I do that, but mm. for a while I didn't realize it. And now I'm completely aware of it and I just start breathing, but I clenched my stomach and I would hold my breath. And that was my defense mechanism against stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine is yeah. my like jaw, like I clench my jaw and like certain people will like help. They'll be like, what are you doing? And like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. <laughs> I love what you talked about with, you know, just asking yourself about why the fear is there. I talked about this a little on our last podcast, but I'm talking about it a lot because I'm so fascinated by it because I've really strengthened my practice of talking to, I don't know if you want to say like my higher self or my guides or whatever it is, but like being able to channel or use my intuition to receive messages that are helpful for me to understand why I'm feeling a certain way or what's going on. And it's been so much stronger during this time. And I know that everyone has the ability to do it and it's just so cool and amazing. And I, I'm like spreading the word lately about like how powerful this practice is. What would you say to someone who is, you know, maybe never practiced that before, you know, is skeptical about that practice of really like 
talking to, you know, whatever you call it, maybe your higher self and like being able to have that wisdom, like you've talked about through that practice. Mm. Yeah. I mean, really what higher wisdom is, is tapping into our heart, right? That's Mm. where we find our higher self. And so Mm. really one way to do that is to have our heart present all the time. Yeah. And that is kind of once we we learn to be present in our hearts all the time. That's very much trusting our guides and our intuition. And I think it does require some practice and some inner work. So I would probably think someone who is quite skeptical and hasn't done the work, so hasn't done meditation or mindfulness or yoga or is not very much connected to nature, it might require a little bit more work. Mm -hmm. And the best way I would recommend that for them is maybe just to start to drop into a bit more of a physical practice, like uh, yoga, for example, would be good to then start to slow things down a little and to connect to the physical body and and therefore then after time being able to connect to the present heart and to the higher self. So the, the truth self that sits within us and to start to establish that rapport and that guidance and guidance and that intuition. Yeah. So certainly tapping in with and working with our guides it is something that that takes some time to do. Yeah. So for me personally, it required a few years of practice in order to really harness that and in order to really tap in and work with them mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Because also like if uh, what I've noticed for myself is as well, if I hold back or if I hold back and kind of deliberately try to cut off my intuition or maybe not listen to my guides, then my focus is suffering. Yeah. So it's it's really confidence in us and confidence in our own intuition and in and in our guides and our higher selves. It's really what focuses the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah? It's like a focused camera lens. Yeah. When it's focused, you can really see, really see through the third eye. And it's very calm and very clear. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when, when we are in our intuition and in our heart, we can see things very calm and very clearly. Mm-hmm. One way for me, how I've learned that over the years, or or maybe the advice I would give to someone who would like to tap into that more is that it's really, I cannot emphasize enough to connect and spend time in nature. Yeah. So mm-hmm. nature really has been my highest teacher and, and always has been and always will be because I believe there is so much we can learn from animals and plants and nature and the ocean and the sun. And each one of them has uh, different medicines, right? So really connecting to, you know, the stability and groundedness of the mountains, for example, or the life energy and the life force of the sun, you know, the cleansing properties of the ocean. So just kind of spending time to connect to that, uh, spending time in nature, or if you don't have nature around us much, it's enough just to kind of visualize this. Yeah. So we, we do, we all have a place 
that's our favorite place in nature. You might have been there or we might just kind of have this fantasy of this pristine spot. And then it's it's about kind of like putting yourself there in your visualization and just be there and breathe and stop and just kind of taking in how pristine it is around us. And that's a beautiful way to connect more to our higher selves, to our intuition, mm-hmm. to our heart space. Yeah, that's interesting because it feels like with everything that's going on right now, people are doing more in nature. I know Mm. I am like going on more walks than I've ever gone on in my life (laughs) and just looking at the water and noticing the moon and the sun. And a lot of people are doing that. I mean, it can be harder depending on where you live, but I wonder if this, a lot of why this is happening is to get us back to nature and and help us connect more because we can now there's more time we're not running all over the place Mm, absolutely yeah i i agree with that and and that's what i meant in the beginning it's like there's so much opportunity so much room for soul growth and Mm -hmm. uh, you know connecting with nature and going on our walks and spending more time Mm -hmm. with family it's beautiful when you go here up in the the dog park where i I go to it's you see all these families out there and and the dads playing with their kids and Mm -hmm. being really creative of what kind of games they do so it's uh, it's it's beautiful to see so that's Mm -hmm the flip side of the anxiety and the collective fear is mm-hmm. to also see that kind of for for some of us or for a big portion it kind of brought also people together and it kind of mm-hmm. refocused their lives on important things like you know integrity and kindness and mm-hmm. respect and creativity and family so mm-hmm. you know they are permanent as well those values it's beautiful mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny. Well, I've been seeing the numbers 444 a lot today. And then they it just became 444 when I looked down. And so I looked it up and it <laughs> says that the meaning of 444 <laughs> is that it's a sign to double down on whatever spiritual practice you currently have. Spend more time with it, put your energy into it and trust it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, well we are that's it, right? Because yeah. it's we are all connected through the field. Huh? Mm-hmm. It's like that mm-hmm. tapping beyond. And I've been talking in, in the first podcast we had been talking about how you know, the ability to learn to tap into life beyond our, the edges of our skin and really you know, what, what I found most profound is in the morning when you sit and meditate and you really drop in. I, I went this morning to sort of see the sunrise uh, coming up from the ocean and just sitting and breathing and just really feeling that expansion into the fields. And it's incredible. Like it's just that spaciousness you suddenly feel and that sense of oneness and connection to all the other beautiful beings out there and that aliveness and that life force. Mm-hmm. So it's very profound. Yeah. So that's really how you draw things in as well into your own field you talk about manifesting and alignments and and so on yeah the one thing i i just wanted to mention as well it's like a one of the most profound things that are really important as well for you know wisdom and connecting to higher self and particularly the third eye is and this sounds maybe a bit profound now but a bit simple now yeah is our diet. Mm. Like really, it's so important for us if we want to improve our spiritual practice is to have a conscious, mindful diet. And uh, what I mean with this, obviously, is as much as we can, having uh, organic products and living foods as in lots of vegetables and plant-based diets 
because that's mm -hmm. really important for our third eye and the energy of our mm -hmm. third eye. And when our third eye is clear, that's when we can also start to connect and see things like we can see the truth and we can see, you know, it's kind of like we're shifting the veil and we can really kind of have a very clear focus on, on how things are. Yeah, that's interesting too with right now because so many of us are cooking more. And I actually ordered takeaway the other night and I could really tell the difference because I've been mm. making every single meal. Food is energy, right? And, and yeah. it's literally what we put into ourselves in order mm. to nourish our body from a physical point of view and our organs and our blood mm. and lungs and heart, but also energetically, mm. you know, the, the life force we have within mm. us is very much dependent on the type of food we take in and the energy with it. And if we make it ourselves, you know, and we spend some time to, you know, have a very creative, loving process as we as we make mm -hmm. the food and as we put the meal together that certainly will nourish you more than mm -hmm. as takeaway from somewhere where we don't even know mm -hmm. where the food is from. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds yeah. But I mean, it's like, it always sounds so simple. Yeah, the diet is important, but if it's just about being really mindful with this and spending some time because it absolutely makes sense and it's the most mm -hmm. important thing. Yeah, I feel like when all of this started and even up until recently, I feel like so many of us, including myself, were thinking about, oh, I can't wait till things go back to normal. I can't wait till things go back to normal. But I think the longer this goes, we realize things are never going back the way they were before. And mm -hmm. we just have to be okay with that and lean into our adaptability and maybe grieve some of the things that we mm -hmm. won't have anymore. Exactly. And that goes also back to, you know, that, that what I meant with that every emotion has an intelligence and a wisdom to it. And the wisdom of grief is letting go mm -hmm. and to create more space for then something new to come in, you know? So mm -hmm. that's why it's important for us to grieve as well. I love that. So many of the things that you've said today have given me chills, <laughs> including that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I know we talked a lot last episode and we're going to remind everyone to listen to that if they haven't already about your practice and the work that you do. But I'm curious, because it's been a, a bit since we spoke to you last, if you could talk a little bit about what you've been seeing, you know, in your practice and in your healing work since the last time that we've talked to you. Mm, yeah, beautiful. So in Australia here, we have been hit quite hard by bushfires. Right. Have heard about this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they... So there has been like pretty much right after, just before Christmas and then all the way into January and February. So yeah, lots of events that kind of raise the energy of fear collectively already. So there has been a sense of fear and constriction and anxiety has been in the air literally. Yeah, And again, that grief of all the billions of animals that have died. So like all this, it's kind of been floating in the air for all the people here in, in Australia and in, in Sydney. The ability not to breathe properly, like that kind of fear in the lungs. And then now again, you know, the coronavirus mm -hmm. coming in as a virus that is kind of kind of impacting our lungs. So it's a, there, there's a bit of a theme here, particular for us going on. And that can create a lot of uncertainty and fear. And that's certainly what I've been seeing with my uh, clients here. So the energy 
clinic has been growing really, really well. And I've spent a lot of time with, with lots of clients and students to kind of help to shift energy from their bodies, help them to move that through their bodies to feel a little bit more calm and a little bit more less anxious. I've been doing a lot of phone distance healing sessions as well, particularly over the last uh, month or two, and started to connect also to community in Europe and in the UK quite a bit, in Germany, in Italy as well. And I think, yeah, the, the most common energy I've been working with and helping people with is that anxiety and that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been a bit of a theme. And there is certainly also, and this is very beautiful, is that uh, aspiration, that shared aspiration to step into a life that is more mindful and conscious. So there has been certainly a bit of a pickup and interest in energy healing and the work we do Mm -hmm. here. So, yeah, lots of people, you know, inquire and want to work want to experience Reiki, want to experience energy wellness balance in order to, yeah, to connect and to kind of like really feel better, right? That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the ultimate goal is for them to, to feel better on the inside in order to be able to shift a perspective and attitude to then live better. Is there anything we can do to calm ourselves down with Reiki energy? Yeah, that's a way to do it that helps most people and that most people can connect to because when you, you know, it's kind of like just having that touch, that skin mm-hmm. touch, touch, that's very helpful. I mean, if, if you really want to shift something, then it's good to have like a routine, a daily routine. It can be either in the morning or in the evening or ideally both. And obviously the more time you have, the better. But it could be just getting up in the morning and doing a few stretches, doing checking the chi. So you kind of release stagnant chi off your body and then sitting down, having some sort of mindfulness practice that can be either your meditation practice or you can just count your breath. You start to equalize your breath. Then you spend a few minutes, uh, you can meditate, you can start to meditate on a mantra that can be like, I release fear or may I be well or may I be healthy. So what, whatever kind of is helpful for you in that moment. And then you can just lie down and put your hands somewhere on your body and really connect to the center of the palms of your hands. And then you can ask for the healing energy, for the Reiki energy to flow and move through you. And then again, really as if you rest your mind's So you rest your inner mind's eye in the palms of your hands and you start to connect to the energy there and you will feel that warmth, that light, that energy streaming in and it has a very calming, nourishing effect on our nervous system. And just kind of repeatedly like, you know, asking like, please allow the Reiki energy to flow through me. Uh, I connect to the Reiki source or you can visualize a beautiful light or golden light streaming through you and going into the body parts that need it the most. And it's very helpful, again, if for those uh, listeners who experience a lot of fear around their heart, that's where we often feel it. So the most important thing for you is to kind of allow that. So you move that excess energy that's around the heart space, you move it downwards and out. So you may then just want to put your hands more around the pelvis or the hips and really allowing for you to connect to 
the more stable structures in your body. So start to connect to your physical body. Find the structures in your body that are stable for you. And for some, it's the hips and the pelvis. For some, it's the knees. For some, it's the feet and the heels, whatever. But just really connecting to that and feel the bones, feel the skeleton, feel the density, feel the connection to the earth. So really you, you move that excess energy into those more stable structures. And it just allows your mind to also, we haven't actually talked about the mind yet because um, often what happens is we feel that emotion and then our mind kicks in with all the thoughts and the worrying mm -hmm. and that spirals. So uh, the, another important practice is the ability to wake up from thought and to become aware of that overthinking and that worrying and to quieten that mind down. And again, one way to quieten the mind down is to connect to the stable structures in our physical body. Yeah, and that's that's when this starts to become a bit more calmer and we can remove energy. And then also when the mind is calmer, then it becomes suddenly a bit clearer as well. Yeah, and then we can redirect that excess energy into something a bit more useful for us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Overthinking doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> no, <laughs> <Never experience>. it <laughs> doesn't. But it, but it takes training and it's really, it's again, it's learning how to step out of thoughts. Yeah. So really becoming mindful of our thoughts and making a choice or really like only when we are mindful of our thoughts, then we have the choice to step out of them. Mm -hmm. And it, that's when we actually start to feel maybe a little bit liberated as well. And it's incredibly freeing to know that, that we don't have to be in that kind of thought process all the time. We have the choice to step out of it. You know, I don't have to be here. I can make a choice not to step out of that thought and I move into my body and I feel my body, I feel my pelvis, I feel my hips, I feel the groundedness. It's not so much being, you know, like that. These are really energetic tools. They're, they're simple tools out there everyone can do and we don't have to do them for hours. It can be even if it's just two minutes out of your day. So again, that's that gentleness, what I was talking about earlier, like approaching it with a gentle heart with some gentleness and just even if it's just like five minutes and you just stand in your in your garden and you ground through your feet or you make yourself like a beautiful organic um you know rainbow bowl with like living fruit so that you know you can do one thing every day and over time it will help to shift and to help to feel better well, thank you so much, Vivka. It's always a pleasure talking to you and your energy is so beautiful. I feel like my personal energy just completely shifted <laughs> through this conversation. <laughs> so yeah, it's really great. And I know that everyone will get so much out of this. So, oh, and one other thing, if people want to do a distance session with you, should they just book that through your website? How can they find you? Yeah, they can contact me either yeah through the website or, or LinkedIn, mm -hmm. whatever is easier. But the website, mm -hmm. Yoga Time, you'll find all the contact details there. And yeah, I'll be there and you can arrange a time and date that works. And we'll link all of that in the show as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend. And hit subscribe so you never miss a show.